Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Red's still up 5-3 on the Tigers, trying to fight for that last wild card spot. No dings. That was no, that was actually me just putting my water down. That was still a, a scoreless game, my only bet tonight. It's a premature ding. It doesn't actually mean anything. Totals 12 and a Happens half. Happens to the game. best of us. Happens to the best of us all the time. You know, you just got to take it and just move on from it. Uh, yeah. Braves up 6-1 on the Phillies, too. You can get the uh, you can get the Braves at minus 5,000 on the money line there. God, they're good. I'm in. Oh, uh, you're in. But it's just it's great great value there. It's plus I, EV bet, in my opinion. They got a – what's the what's the lead? They're up, uh, they're up 6-1 right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. so that's a plus EV bet. There you go. Yeah, you know, I uh, I only am concerned about teams that have these double-digit leads late in the season in the division. You coast through the regular season. So it just you, we've seen teams look a little look less than sharp once you get to the postseason. Now we go. Now we go. Twenties. Twenty twin twin. One nothing lead. I'm not worried about the Braves though. I think no. that they uh, I think they could just be bashing every team in mm-hmm. the regular season, and I'm still I still have faith. Because here's the thing. I I agree with your logic, Nick, but when we do it and we say, well, okay, maybe they're just gassed and then they win, mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm an idiot. Because sure. like like UConn was really good in the regular season, they yep. had a couple of little downturns, yep. and you're like, this was the team in the Phil Knight Invitational in November that everyone thought like might be the best team in the country. And so like let's just not overthink this right, baby. Right. And you get you can absolutely fall yeah. into those traps. Yeah. And you know what I think it happens more in baseball too because the season's just so damn long that you get to the point where you're like, "Well, let me start thinking of new ways to over like you just get too caught up and just focus on the big picture there. But and look, we have seen it before. So we we've seen the Braves have double digit leads in the division and lose early in the postseason. The Dodgers have been kings of that. I've seen the Nats yeah. do it multiple times. So it does happen. But again, it's no guarantee. The Braves are just really damn good. So you don't want to overthink that too much, but god, you still got the Dodgers out there and the National League is stacked. That that race over there in both uh, wild cards is I mean, just going to be a, a great great race down the stretch. Chase Kitty's going to jump on with us now. Of course, host of the Lions Edge podcast. Uh so you uh how are you feeling about the uh, Cardinals and Commanders game? And it's all said <laughs> wait, done, my wait, friend. Wait, 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 wait. How are you feeling, Nick? Wait, before hey, we, won. we get into we this. We won, my friend. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah. We just needed to get into the fact that Chase Kitty wanted to talk to us about the fact that he's from West Virginia. Uh, Country Roads. We're going to let him organically talk about it on his own. But you can just cousins. You sorry. can just go right in there now with the insults that Chase, we had. Chase, I'm not saying this. I want to be welcome there. It's actually, I, I love West Virginia. Here's the thing. We're, Nick, we're going to fire you some moonshine and some pepperoni rolls. You're going to be on the team in no time. Backyard brawls this you know, weekend. We're be totally fine. Be By the way, big big yeah. fan of the New River. I've gone whitewater rafting down there. It's beautiful out there. I just, it was you got to go to Bridge Day. You got to go to I've, Bridge Day. Don't people, people like bungee jump off it and stuff, right? And have like costumes? Correct. Yes. You you people are crazy out there. That's some. That's, that's a big bridge. I've seen the bridge. That is a very, very tall bridge. bridge. Whew. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, uh, b- b- besides West Virginia, thank you, Trista. I'm sorry, well, I no, just I had wanted, to. I knew he would do it at some point. I'm more than happy to talk about the West Virginia joke that I made. I said it on air, so I know people heard it. Uh, yeah, so Cardinals plus seven. Look, here's how I feel about what the Commanders did. They won a game. It was the first game with their owner being there. Nothing else matters. People were excited that they power washed the the like the cement ramp walking up to the upper decks. It had never been cleaned in 20 plus years with Dan Snyder as an owner. Our standards are very low right now for this team chase yeah and you know my my take was not necessarily hey washington's terrible or hey washington's gonna lose the conversation was 
are you willing to lay seven points, even against a team as bad as yes. Arizona, totally with Washington with in a in a stadium that has a known home field deficit relative to the rest <laughs> of the league? So that was more – it was like – I mean, I, I wasn't feeling great about the plus six that I bet in the middle of the summer after the, you know, the Colt McCoy news, but it still gets home for you. I think turnabout is now fair play with both teams looking at NFL Week 2 – the Cardinals are another team beyond their you know regular week-to-week dreadfulness, just a garbage home field advantage in Arizona. It's it's not accounted for at all in the betting lines when you look at you know how different sportsbooks power rank stuff. So I, I I think you know if you're looking at early looks for this week, I kind of like the Giants for that reason. The yep. line is now moving toward the Giants, so I think you're losing a little bit of value there. And then I also kind of like the Commanders. If it's true that they are overrated at home, I think it's generally also true that they're kind of underrated as a road dog. I wasn't super impressed by what I saw with Denver last week. You don't want to overreact to week one. But I think Washington as a road dog is a really interesting uh, side this week. And I would not be surprised if the commanders blew up some survivor picks uh, with this Denver game. What do you think about some of this overreaction in the market? Obviously, you know, some teams look really bad week one, like, for example, the Chicago Bears, who look like, you know, they could have the number one overall pick. Maybe they end up with Caleb Williams and move on from Justin Fields. And then Tampa Bay, you know, beats um, what we expect to be like a Vikings team that you have to downgrade this season. They're not going to win 13 games. So now you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as three-point favorites against the Bears in a game where the total is 41.5. What would you do here? Would it have to be Chicago or pass, you know, when you're looking at a – I mean, an adjustment where on the look ahead, you had the Bears as one and a half point favorites this summer. I, I honestly, Ryan, I have no idea what to do with this game. It's the game I feel like I'm the least secure on, and I'm I'm a guy who listened to it. It felt like we had, you know, we had periods of hype for different teams throughout the summer because the off season's so long. So there was like a Dolphins hype period that was two or three weeks long, late July, late June, early July. There was a lot of Bears hype down the stretch. I didn't see it with the Bears at all. I, I get that, you know, rookie contract with Justin Fields, and, you know, you make some moves there. You've got some draft capital. The thing I saw with the Bears was this was a team that was the worst team in the NFL last year. They had the number one pick in the NFL. They still have a really bad defense, and people are talking about how there's value on them to win the Super Bowl at, like, 150-1. to 1. When you have – when you're that far down the well on like, well, there's value here numerically, mathematically, algebraically, it's it's all a theoretical exercise. The Bears aren't winning the Super Bowl. It could be 151, it could be 150 million to one. It doesn't matter. It wasn't going to happen this year. So do I want to take points with them in Tampa because Tampa's now maybe overrated because of an overreaction? I think that's true on the Tampa side, but I don't want to bet Justin Fields in, in this team. Like, I, I'm not interested in having that side. So it, it's a total, I don't want anything to do with it. It's the game I feel like I understand the least, even understanding that some of the market movement is probably an overreaction. Road teams dominated week one, Chase. Uh, I, like, absolutely crushed against the spread. Dolphins go to New England as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Mac Jones didn't look terrible. That New England offense didn't look terrible, but this Dolphins offense, last week at least against the Chargers, looked explosive. What do you like in this one? I kind of like the Dolphins. Um, I think um, – let me circle back to something else you said, and then let me tell you why I like the Dolphins. You, you're talking about road teams and how, how well they've done. 
And it is true the last three seasons or so, home field advantage has been as worthless as it's ever been. But it's not always equally downgraded across the board. And one of the reasons I like Dolphins plus three last week is because we were talking about the Commanders have a bad home field advantage. The Cardinals have a bad home field advantage. The Chargers have a bad home field advantage. Very, very bad. And so when you're seeing Dolphins at an even number like plus three that you know is valuable and you're going on the road and that's perceived as a deficit for a team, but you're going on the road to a stadium that road teams win at all the time, I like Dolphins plus three. Now, going to New England, I, I feel like it's it's more of a matchup thing. I really like I don't I mean the Dolphins hit you with speed. They're just they're coming at you so so fast. And I don't think Mac Jones and this offense really have the horses to keep up. And, and we've seen over the years, even before you know this current Miami run, that Miami is the team that gives the Patriots the most problems. So it's not my favorite bet on the board, but on a week where I really have a lot of issues with different games. I think that's one where maybe maybe you go to because you feel like you understand the commodities involved. Talking to Chase Kitty, bet MGM tonight. Uh, I mean, we can't go any longer without talking about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, let's be honest here. This is still the biggest thing that's going on in sports, and it, it's a it's it's tough for people that are just sports fans to even see that. Let alone like now, you don't even know how to necessarily maybe approach the Jets if you're somebody. Maybe it's more in the props market. Uh, is there anything, if at all, that you're kind of targeting with the Jets in what your approach will be now that we won't have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback the rest of the year? Well, the first totally worthless note that I have is that I right before kickoff last night I grabbed Cowboys minus three, which is just hitting the lottery. I mean, just oh, good CLV for you. CLV out the house. I mean, yeah. there's nothing. It's just dumb luck. Um, so there's there's nothing even really you can do with that information. It's just a stupid victory lap. I think the thing that I'm really thinking about is you can go get the Jets right now to make the playoffs at about or to miss the playoffs. Sorry, you can get the Jets to make the playoffs at plus two fifteen right now, and that's really interesting to me. But I've got a couple of caveats because yeah, I'm a contrarian better. I, I like to think about overreactions and stuff like that that we're talking about. So. That's an interesting idea to me, but a couple of important caveats. Number one, I, I came on a couple weeks ago, I talked about this big list of 20-some NFL futures I made. The Jets to miss the playoffs at plus money was on there. So if I'm now betting the Jets to make the playoffs at plus money, that's a can't lose for me. Like, I've got both sides. I'm, I'm pretty much golden. So that's an important piece of context on why I like it. The second piece is, if you do want to jump on the contrarian train, even if you don't already have a first position, it's probably in your best interest to wait until the Jets get through this murderous six weeks or so that we've all kind of talked about in the lead up to the season, because they're probably going to be one and five, two and four. Even if they had Aaron Rodgers, they might've been one and five, two and four, because the schedule is so hard. Mm -hmm. That number is going to be way more lucrative. And then you can think about getting in there and maybe the Jets defense is good enough to put them in the mix I'm still a little skeptical because of the depth of the AFC. And we saw, I mean, the way the Super Bowl odds and the AFC odds moved today for AFC teams because the Jets were a key piece that was moved out of the way. The Dolphins jumped up big. The Jaguars jumped up big. The Chargers jumped up big. So I think there are moves you can consider with the Jets to be contrarian. And then there are the secondary moves that you have to consider on how the other teams around them moved because 
Rodgers is removed and the Jets drop from 18 to 1 to 66 to 1. Uh, Chase, we still got a couple minutes here, so we've uh, hit on the NFL, and everybody keeps talking about how week three is a week schedule for college football, and I agree, but I think there's a lot of really good bets that you could play still, and week four is going to be awesome. But uh, what do you like this weekend? Maybe throw a couple at the people. Yeah, so the the ones I'm really going to like are the FCS games that we don't have lines for yet. You mentioned it's a week schedule, and you're absolutely right. There's a ton of FCS games and low, low G5 games. So I'm looking at, like, Weber State, Utah. Don't know the line yet, but I know I'm going to have a bet in that. Auburn, Samford, Texas Tech, Tarleton. Like, these are games that nobody's paying attention to, but the, I, I feel very clearly that I'm going to have a side going in. I'm really going to like Weaver plus the points. The other two, I'm going to like the favorites. The Of the games that we already know the lines for, uh, Georgia Southern, Wisconsin, I'm obsessed with. It's my favorite bet of the week. You know, I like to go find these weird ones that are way down the board. Georgia Southern quietly is really good, really good offense. This is where Clay Helton landed after all the USC stuff. I think the idea in the market is Wisconsin got humbled a little bit at Washington State, which was a bet I was on last week, Washington State outright. Now they're going to come home. They're going to you know, get rid of a dumb G5 team, just like they did Buffalo week one. Uh, they won that game by, I think, 21 points. The spread here is 19 and a half. Georgia Southern is good. They're a lot better than Buffalo. This is kind of like I was talking about with Texas State last week. This is a lot of points to give a really good offense. I think Georgia Southern's going to hang around and really make this a 60-minute game. It's a little bit crazy to think. I actually think Georgia Southern's live to win this game at plus 650 or whatever the money line is. So I would throw a dart with that. I would absolutely take the points. Favorite college football bet of the week right now. Anything you like in the Pac-12? Because we've looked really good in our our last (laughs) dance. I I don't think I have any Pac-12 games on my sheet. I mean... uh, Oh, I got one for you, actually. And it's another one where I don't know the number yet. But Cal is playing Idaho. Cal has really... Cal's another team. Very quiet. Nobody's paying attention to them. They've looked really good through the first two weeks. They played pretty tight with Auburn in a really late game over the weekend that nobody watched because it was like 11 p.m. kick. I think Auburn's pretty good. Cal played them tight. Idaho's going to get a little bit of hype because they upset an FBS team uh, this past weekend. And they're going to be handicapped maybe a little bit lesser uh, coming into this Cal game, I think Cal's going to smoke them. So I, I really like Cal minus the points, whatever the number ends up being. Chase Kitty, Lions Edge podcast and West Virginia supporter. Always good to have you on, my friend. Thanks, man. Thanks, Chase. Go Mountaineers. There you go. Yeah, the uh, it, it doesn't, like, it's funny when we talk about, like, yeah, it's a weak schedule maybe for games to watch in college football, but sometimes those, yeah. you That's find where the value it's is. where the value is because there's a lot of people not betting any of those games, like Georgia Southern or name half of the games that's, that are on that schedule. That's why you got to wake your ass up, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. We're going to be here, BetQL tailgate kickoff with myself, Ryan Horvath, and I, yeah, it's a weak schedule, but I have 18 bets for Saturday, and I'm actually about to place another one here. I'll just tell you what it is. I'm going to get the over- in this Texas A&M game, if I could find it. I want to say it opened at 58 and a half. It's up to 53. We'll play a bad number. 52. We found a 52. Texas A&M, L.A. Monroe. Over 52. In. In. It's what we call a service order. Here on the BeckQL <laughs> Network. Hell yeah. All, All right. networks. The baseball playoff races are starting to wind down. Baseball! He's got the best shot in the tight wild card races. Next, it's Bet MGM Tonight.